Welcome to episode 36 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by Christine Neves, an entrepreneur in residence at Florida State University. Christine and I will be chatting about books, entrepreneurship, and what makes living in the New South so special. I hope you'll stick around and also check out former episodes of the podcast at www.bookshelfthomasville.com or on iTunes. Hi, Christine. Hi, Annie. Welcome (laughs) to my studio, also known as my small office slash closet. I love, I feel, it feels so cozy in here. It's great. Um, Okay, so I just wanted to kind of get right into the discussion. Um, In conversations we've had in the past, I know that you're pretty new to the South. Mm -hmm. So you're originally from Puerto Rico. You've lived in Oxford, Princeton, Philadelphia. What in the world brought you (laughs) down to, down South? Oh, well, so the short answer is love. Okay. I, uh, I was in Princeton when I met my now partner, okay. who is now uh, faculty at FSU. Okay. And uh, for a long time, I was really hesitant to move to Tallahassee because I had never heard of Tallahassee. <laughs> right. And this is so embarrassing. I just didn't know. And yeah. I didn't know how charming and welcoming this community was. I really only thought I was going to go there, go there, mm-hmm. go there to Tallahassee and <laughs> yeah. just like be bored out of my mind I don't know <laughs> and uh and so I after about a year of of thinking about whether I should move uh-huh. I took the plunge I I quit my job okay and I just said you know what I'm just gonna be open uh-huh. and I'm gonna just see what happens and that's a good way to be just, I feel like good things happen when you kind of are open to them and it they sounds have. corny but it's true it sounds corny. I know but it, they have yeah I mean I've been super I've been so impressed yeah um, okay, so speaking of moving down south, you and I have talked a lot in previous conversations just in the bookstore um, about the new south and kind of this concept of the south maybe as storytellers. Um, what do you think this new south means? Um, what does it mean to you coming like as a transplant to the south? Because sometimes, especially recently, I feel like in the news, sometimes the south doesn't make the greatest first impression. Um, but then, just as somebody like myself who I grew up in Tallahassee, went to Alabama for college, which is a total other southern experience um I feel like I'm learning what the south means to me um Mm -hmm. and maybe my version of the south which might look a little different from the south I see in the news so what about you what does the new south mean to you well exactly what you're saying I think uh for me I've been I've taken the the sort of a curious new beginner's mind uh approach Mm -hmm. to the south and I've just said okay I'm gonna just take away whatever stereotypes I have and I'm just gonna explore and and, and ask and and that's what I've done. I mean I, I, I put together this list of everything that the South has to offer in terms of nature and rivers and springs and mm-hmm. adventures and history. And uh, I think the short answer is it's so complex. Yeah. I, I see the South as um, in the middle of, uh, obviously we have a lot of history and a lot of, of, of now, I feel like momentum building. Mm-hmm around um, not in so much reinventing but continue to become who we are and I yeah. think it, it I've been hearing that not even a year ago I would have seen the kind of innovation and, and momentum building that 
it's happening right now in Tallahassee. Yeah, and I think, I don't know if this is true or if you found this to be true, but it seems like it takes a while for things to trickle down to Tallahassee and even to Thomasville. Um, so things I might see in Birmingham or in Nashville, they will eventually get here, but it might just take them a little longer. So right. the resurgence we see of the New South, maybe that took place in Nashville a year or two years ago, is making its way here. And I think that's just the nature of trends and things like that. Um, but I read an article in the New York Times a few weeks ago, and it was written by, and I'm going to forget his name, but he's the lead singer of the Drive-By Truckers, which are this mm. southern um, southern singing group, and it was about um, specifically kind of the Confederate flag and things like that. Uh-huh. But well, I loved what he had to say, which was the South to him is not the Confederate flag. It's storytellers and musicians and creative people. And I think that that is so true, and that's the South I see, especially in Thomasville. Here we are on this downtown strip full of small businesses and small business owners, and I just feel like the South, to me, really means people who kind of pull themselves up by their bootstraps and get the work done. It's kind of what Southern Southerners look like to me now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I think there's that, and then there's a strong sense of community, which I, as someone who rec- most recently was in the Northeast, mm-hmm. uh, very close to New York City, mm-hmm. um, to the hecticness and, and, and the high rents and all yeah. these things, it's kind of incredible to sort of uh, find myself here um, with so much talent because I'm not the only one who has moved here right. uh, from all, all you know there's so many people from all over the world yeah. and the US and just the, the the kind of it's kind of like finding yourself in a treasure that you didn't know existed because precisely perhaps because of the media portrayals right. of what the south is and and it what, and because of history and, you know right exactly yeah. exactly and i think um the what I've seen in Tallahassee is there are just just let's get it done let's yeah. get let's start and also the 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 reality that in fact it you can take more risk perhaps mm-hmm. in an environment where um, cost of rent is not going to be as high right I wondered uh, my husband and I have talked frequently just in Thomasville specifically because we moved from Tallahassee to Thomasville to start this business or to not start it but to buy it and to mm-hmm. kind of make it our own and entrepreneurship is very new to us so neither of our parents were entrepreneurs like this is new ground and we are surrounded by people our age so in their late 20s early 30s um who are business owners which is baffling to us because we don't see that everywhere else that we travel or go and i do wonder if it's because it's slightly more affordable here to take those kinds of risks and you can't do them in other places where you're you know paying so much money for your rent or or you know the cost of living is so high yeah um, it's a, also a great incubator in that you can try something that is innovative and new and different and the you're probably going to be the only one doing that mm-hmm. and that's actually pretty cool in yeah. terms of just being able to to just there's not a lot of noise right there's yes. not it's you're not in a big city where everyone's going for your I was about to say there's not a lot of competition, and part of the reason I think the bookshelf does so well is not only is there not a Barnes and Noble or a Books a Million in Thomasville, um, but we're also a small business that gets to creatively borrow ideas from other small businesses, which is so great about mm-hmm. small business. Um, but there's small businesses all you know maybe out in California or out in Chicago, and so it's not competing with them. Instead, I'm just able to bring in some of those ideas and make the you know twist them and make them into something that might appeal to my demographic Mm -hmm. um but yeah there's not a lot of competition it's more collaboration I guess yeah I I, and I think there is a component and that this is something that we could even explore a little bit further in our conversation there are some things that could keep us from 
perhaps being uh, sort of taking risks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same, yet we have so many, so many things that are going for us in yeah. the sense of actually this is might be the best kind of situation environment to actually take risks. Yeah. Um, so I think one thing that makes the South really unique is to me it really does have a deep sense of rootedness and place so you talk a lot about in your work I think about communities having a sense of place Mm -hmm. and I want to know what that means to you and what do you think Tallahassee Thomasville what do you think those communities are doing right and what are ways we can improve and really um, cement our sense of place yeah well so sense of place is there's so many ways to think about it I I, the way I think about it is I I can point towards uh, particular whether it's public spaces or events or activities or it's almost like the soul of a city that I I know exactly when I talk about Tallahassee I feel the quaintness I feel and also I could say the same about Thomasville Mm -hmm. Thomasville there's no way of comparing Thomasville and Tallahassee (laughs) I try to explain to people like we're 30 minutes apart from each other but we are totally totally different absolutely in good ways like I think it's good exactly kind of complement each other and like be sister cities but they're totally different it's like it's like you don't compare it's like apples and oranges yeah. and I come for Thomasville or come to Thomasville because I want that feeling of like the small town I can walk around and it's right. so quaint and it's awesome I think in, in Tallahassee what we're starting to see is examples like murals or spaces that are I mean to be honest like spaces that you can you're like wow this is so cool I'm gonna take a selfie and right. I, like or I'm gonna congregate around these spaces so right. a lot of it is public spaces and walkability mm-hmm. and all of that mm-hmm. but it's also the sense of identity yeah. of, of a space. Which I think Tallahassee, just as somebody who grew up there, born and raised there, left for college, came back. In the past, I don't know, you say last year, and that's probably true, but even in the past five years, I feel like Tallahassee has hit a resurgence. And I think part of that is due to Cascades Park, which yep, I do think totally. did a great job um, of kind of creating this new space for Tallahassians to, to, like you said, congregate. Um, I even love, I think you've got some public art going on with just with the beautiful um, swings, like porch yes, swings. Yes, I was going to say the porch <laughs> swings. That is totally sense of place. Yes. Like place making. Yes. It's like, exactly. And I love that because I grew up in Tallahassee. My family had a front porch and the porch swing is like immensely part of my identity. It's so iconic. So, so like when we moved to Thomasville, and this is funny because Thomasville to me is far more stereotypical southern than Tallahassee um but we looked at several houses and none of them had a front porch or a swing and I was like nope like if I'm gonna live in the south I want the I want the southern porch swing and so yeah that's part of the reason we called the podcast from the front porch because that's where conversations happen that's where community happens and so I love that in Cascades Park and around the downtown area you can see these bright blue vibrant porch swings kind of popping up and I love that so I think Tallahassee in the past five years is really trying hard to absolutely to create this sense of place Tallahassee to me has the potential I hope that's okay for me to say, uh, the potential to be like an Austin, Texas or something like really quirky totally. because of the university um, uh-huh. and the diversity of the community. Um, but it's still the capital city, just like Austin, right? Yeah. And um, so I have to double exactly. check myself. But no. yeah, like you can get these kind of different groups coming together. Exactly. And I think so. what Tallahassee is doing that's really good is um, we're seeing a lot more interest from um, sort of the big engine that is the academic mm-hmm. the academic institutions getting involved with the community and some from, from the community perspective then you have volunteers like I'm part of this group called the Knight Creative Communities Institute yes and it's just that our entire focus is to try to get projects like 
getting Cascades going or Gain Street going. Yes, just, Word of South. I think they were big exactly. at the Word of South Festival. Yeah. So that kind of thing. I mean, a part of it is just getting um, the, the, one of the things that Tallahassee is doing really well, and I think I see it too in Thomasville, is just citizens, regular people just getting involved. Yes. Just like, and I think in a small town like Thomasville, that can be a little bit easier to do um, just because there are fewer people to work with kind of can, thing. Can I just say yes? <laughs> and you, you, you just, I, from my experience, I just, I just identify who did I need to talk to? You yeah. could even get in a meeting with the mayor. Like, <laughs> I've never been in a place where I can just... Yeah. I can actually email people and people will email me back. Yeah, it's um, well, I think that's a uniquely something right? <laughs> so cool. Um, so speaking of all of this, you were just announced or you just took the position of entrepreneur in residence mm-hmm. at the College of Communications and Information at mm-hmm. FSU. Correct. So yeah. tell me about that and kind of how, I mean, to me, it sounds like a dream gig for you because it kind of combines all of these things we've been talking about. Yes, it's a it's a great gig. <laughs> so basically, I, I'm, I'm kind of a connector in residence. Okay. My my main goal is to explore how do we get younger people that are being trained in the colleges, in this particular case in uh, at FSU, how do we get them more involved with local organizations, whether they're nonprofits or for-profit, so that they get more opportunities to actually can make meaningful contributions to those organizations, mm-hmm. but also at the basic level is build relationships with mm-hmm. people in the community, with people that are doing whatever they're doing in the right. community. And the long-term goal, ideally, we would those relationships would lead to more opportunities, would lead to them maybe deciding to stay here. Yeah. Uh, and I think there is something really appealing, as we discussed, which is the, the cost of living um, and, and being able to take more risks here. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the, the other component is actually, of my role, is exploring what does it mean to be an entrepreneur in residence. Right. I haven't founded anything. I have been very involved with funding right. startups from okay. the philanthropic perspective. That used to be my role. And, okay. and I'm a big sort of cheerleader of entrepreneurship. Right. And, but what I really am excited about is the potential of, of just being able to connect people that have that didn't know they needed to meet mm-hmm. to make something awesome happen. Yeah. So I'm like an awesomeness catalyst. <laughs> I like it. That should be on your business card. <laughs> I know. I, people will be confused. But um, yeah, and I think I, I think that the the biggest challenge perhaps may, for us perhaps may be sort of getting over the fact that we will fail and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. And in a smaller town, everyone knows when you fail. Yeah, yeah so, it's great. <laughs> it's like, oh, we all, do you remember that person? So, yeah. So that, it's almost like, how do we get over that? Yeah, how do we get over that? And, um, you know, because entrepreneurs are often running their own businesses, you know, you are kind of hindered by, you're trying to make your, your business look good by appearance. Do you know what I mean? Right. So like, Make it till you make it. Yes. So it's getting entrepreneurs too to be honest with each other. Like, hey, I did not have a good week of business this week. Like, hey, I'm struggling to pay my bills. Which, hello, that happens. Like, that's a reality. Um, but it, at least in Thomasville, I think, um, that is a hurdle, is mm. trying to not be so concerned with appearances and just kind of being honest and genuine. And I think that's something millennials are pretty good at. Right. Um, but in entrepreneurship, it just adds a whole other kind of trickiness to it because you want to be honest and open, but you don't want to scare people. <laughs> I, I love exactly what you're talking about. And in fact, this may be something where the South could um, be a very different and nothing at all like Silicon Valley. Yeah. In that, can, can we sort of really capitalize on the 
you know, the South, I feel like it's, it, you know, you want to have a good life and live a good life. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and this notion of honesty and being able to build community and be say, you know what, I did my best and this is what I learned. Right. And didn't work. Right. This is how I know I failed. Right. And I know learning I'm not gonna, from it. Exactly. And then, yeah. And I, so I think that could be. That could be a challenge, but also something really valuable. Also, just as an entrepreneur, I'm exhausted, like, 90% of the time. And so I would imagine part of your struggle or part of your job will be to convince entrepreneurs that this is worth their time to make these connections. Because I can't tell you, even though Thomasville has this vibrant downtown strip, it's really hard for merchants to... Um, get together on a regular basis. Now, we have a great chamber of commerce that does a really good job of holding like networking things and fun things. Um, for an introvert like me, networking is not my favorite. <laughs> but you know, I'm trying to get used to that. And so, the chamber of commerce does a good job. But overall, if you're an entrepreneur and you're running your own small business, you are busy and you're tired. And after work, you don't want to go out for, for drinks. Like exactly. <laughs> so I would imagine that might be a difficult part of your job. <laughs> Absolutely. In an ideal world, in the future, I may be. <laughs> the person who I get outsourced the socializing right. of all of the entrepreneurs maybe right, right. Um, but no you're you're talking exactly that's one of the biggest problems the entrepreneurs need to be like looking down at their you know doing whatever yeah, they're doing, doing their work and so how do they how do they become aware of yes the opportunity that's right there yes that's so I think that's so true and yeah. that, just as an entrepreneur that's that's a challenge for me yeah um, okay, so what? Let me talk to you next about um, what experience you have, particularly with entrepreneurship. So you mentioned that you kind of worked in the nonprofit mm-hmm. realm. So what gave you this passion for entrepreneurship? It was roundabout. I basically uh, first I started um, during I went from Puerto Rico to to Philadelphia where I did my undergrad at Penn, and I was really passionate about um, the Latino population in in Philadelphia and getting better information for Latinos and sort of making a difference. In, the, in my community and then I said okay well I'll just become a famous TV anchor <laughs> and then I went there and then I realized and I did television for Telemundo and okay. it was oh my god this is not exactly what <laughs> I was looking for and so I slowly in a roundabout way once I went to Oxford and did my master's in understanding how do you create social change and how do you measure it and understood how difficult it is yeah. I went on to work in philanthropy which mm-hmm. focuses specifically on funding. I, I actually, maybe some of our listeners have heard of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation oh, on yeah, NPR. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I worked for them and I, and it was a really great opportunity to get to see specifically innovation in health for Americans. Okay. And it was innovation, it, like innovation in health that got me really excited about the possibility of just, just being able to like get a cool idea and maybe it's too early stage it has a lot of potential but with the right funding and the right execution how it could really make it like a ripple in whatever area that idea is you know it's being conceived and yeah that's what got me excited mm-hmm. and then eventually I realized I have so many ideas and I'm so excited about other people's ideas right that what I really want to do is help be that that matchmaker or that bridge or that connector so that the people that are really doing the work right can just just maximize like meet their potential yeah and I really like that idea because like we were talking about like as somebody who is day day in and day out you know running a bookstore I don't have a lot of energy or time to like meet the people that I know I need to meet like I know it would be important to meet them but I'm like when and how am I supposed to do that so if there were a person that were like Annie you have got to meet so and so and I will say I've mentioned the chamber of commerce but I've got the um I've got a friend who's the executive director over there and she 
is a connector in this town. Like, she helps sit you down and say, hey, Annie, I really enjoyed talking to you. You know who else you would like to meet? So-and-so. And not only as a new entrepreneur, but as a new person to Thomasville. I mean, I've only been here for, uh, I think, two years. I've been at the bookshelf in Thomasville for two years. And let me tell you, in a small town that is still, like, baby new, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like it'll probably be five or ten years before people realize, oh, I'm here to do this um, for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still very new. And so it's helpful to have somebody else who knows the people I need to talk to um, help me make those connections. It's crucial. Yeah, um, absolutely. I wish one day I can have an army of connectors. Yeah, yes. <laughs> because, it, you know, that's what it is going to take, I think. Yeah. To, to kind of make things happen. Um, what obstacles do you think a community might face as they're trying to maybe start these new ideas or create and innovate? What are some challenges they, they might face? I think there's several. One, um, it takes a certain lo- uh, level of sort of scientific mindset or, or critical thinking, actually just problem solving. Yeah. And being able to test your assumptions about whatever idea you have, mm-hmm. I think that's crucial. If you don't know that whatever idea you have, that there's people out there that are willing to pay for it or that it's solving someone's problem mm-hmm. um, or someone's need then you don't you it's all in your mind um, and I have plenty of those too <laughs> so 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 there's that um, there's also uh, I think the paralysis and I face it too of like you know what if I write this business plan I'm really making progress when actually you're not right it's actually there's nothing like just getting started yeah. but then there's also the, the 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 I think it's part of the paralysis is well I don't have money to get started and so there's this interesting back and forth between like well if I get the money then I can get started but then most entrepreneurs will tell you that just try to bootstrap try to find a way to just do 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 yeah. and th- th- there's this term called the minimum bi- viable product uh-huh. which is the, just try to get a prototype out there yeah um, it don't do like just like something really bad but like <laughs> as minimum as bare bones as possible yeah. so you can test whether your potential customers will buy it right and that makes a lot of cycle. sense in fact so my husband and I were going for a walk last night and um, we were talking and we said because because sometimes we look at each other and we're like what on earth brought us here like, like not only <laughs> not just what brought us to Thomasville but like what brought us to this point because like I told you like we don't come from families of entrepreneurs like um, yeah. um, but my husband so interestingly while I'm doing this my husband just started an LLC he has a regular quote unquote normal people job and then he just started an LLC to do Myers-Briggs um, conferences like for work like workshops for businesses cool. um, and so anyway he's been doing a great job but we were talking about where did this but we were both idea people Um, but we also talked about, okay, we probably never would have done something like the bookshelf without, um, Katie and Scott owned it before we did. And they really came up with a creative, innovative way for us to buy into the store. Totally. And until you have people like that, who are willing to kind of take the risk and say, okay, Annie, which I, you know, I hope Katie was right, but Katie kind of approached me. I was like, I think you'd be great at running the bookstore. And then Jordan and I talked about it, and I felt like I would be great at running the bookstore. And so Katie and Scott worked with us to make it financially possible for us. And we both said last night, if that hadn't happened, we never would have done this because we don't have the money or the means to do it. We just don't. Um, And I would imagine that stops. I mean, it was going to stop us. Like, I imagine Mm -hmm. that would stop a lot of creative, talented people who might be willing and ready to do the work. But they don't have the money to do it. Exactly. And I think this is a great point uh, in, in, in the sort of the beauty of our community living in 
the South is this the possibility for making that that kind of relationships. If if you just do something that you're in love with and that you love and 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 then you're open to possibility you don't know what opportunities are out there creative opportunities yeah to sort of come out of nowhere you just have to be willing i mean i think katie and i have talked frequently what what brought me here was an email i emailed her and was like hey i saw you're opening a store in tallahassee i'd love to help you you know, and I'd never met and her before. And that's the same but, way you and I connected. Yeah. Because I love yeah. books and bookstores. And into, yeah. yeah, and it's so great then to see what you can wind up doing together just by taking a little leap of faith to send the email or make the phone call or put out the product, even if it's basic, and then to kind of go from there. And you're right, in the South, there's like a cushion maybe for you, like mm-hmm. to fail a little bit, and maybe it might be a little humiliating, but... Um, I don't know. I feel like the South is a safer place to try these things. Yeah, and, and maybe we can we can re we can rethink or reframe the the failure, and maybe that's something that we we can take up on upon ourselves to yeah. say, you know what? Okay, let's let's actually uh, no, let's not reward stupid failing, and by stupid <laughs> I mean like people recklessly right. doing stuff without testing their assumptions and all right. this stuff. Obviously not. Uh, but let's let's be you know I think we have a culture of patience and and recognizing that we want to have good things and a good life and, and right. culture and all these things right. and you know why not yeah okay so before we finish up I want to ask your favorite places to shop and eat in Tallahassee okay and in Thomasville so uh, oh my god this is so hard <laughs> okay so okay um obviously the bookshelf um, <laughs> way and, to go <laughs> and, and, and actually last time I was here and I haven't been here that much but I went to uh, sweet grass yes. dairy and I got a lot of cheese and, and duck and all this stuff and then I went to um, the restaurant um, what's it called Jonas yes no. Jonas's fish yes yeah. Jonas okay. and I had Jonas and I and I want more recommendations so please send me recommendations yes oh I have them. at my thirsty brain on Twitter <laughs> okay. anyways and then um, in Tallahassee I am a big fan of local and I I wish there was a bookshelf at Thomasville uh, at Tallahassee you just never know what and might then, happen and, and, <laughs> And so I would say, um, I don't know, I actually spend most of my money on books. So I don't, I, I do support Food Glorious Food a lot. Oh I do support uh, so yeah, <laughs> Cypress. Okay. I, uh, and, um, Have you been to the root yeah. cellar, Mikasugi root cellar? I haven't yet. Okay, because if you like Food Glorious Food and if you like Cypress, you should try. Yes, and I, I, I'm a big fan. Oh, the coffee, obviously. Yes. Catalina's Cafe. Okay. Opening everywhere. And I have a big, I, I, I have... I'm always supporting smaller nascent groups. Uh-huh. So I got Junior's Coffee, which okay. is a small roasting co- okay. company. And um, yeah, and th- there's there's a lot more. There's yeah. A, yeah. Urban farms. And anyways. Okay. Many. So there's lots of places, locally yes. owned places in Tallahassee to go, yeah. which is another great thing about the South. Um, okay. Last question. Question I ask everybody who comes on the podcast. What are you reading right now? Okay. So I am actually on this uh, interesting uh, reconnecting with Puerto Rico literature okay. trip. So I'm reading this uh, series of, antho- it's an anthology that is called uh, a new lung, un nuevo pulmón. Okay. And uh, it, it it just has beautiful 
literature and each one is like a different story from actually from grad students of an MFA program in Puerto Rico. Oh, cool. Blown away. Very excited to be able to support people that are starting out right now. Yeah, that's awesome. And very experimental and I love it. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I just finished um, Americana and I'm not going to try to pronounce her name on the... the, I've heard great things about it. Oh my gosh, I was going to tell you, I think you might really like it because it's a lot about, uh, I mean, it's overall probably a, a love story, but there's so much in there about race and immigration and oh and education is really interesting and well done so I recommend that to you as well um okay thank you so much Christine where can people find you online okay so you just have to go at my thirsty brain and I'm on Instagram on um Twitter and I'm on Tumblr and then we'll take it from there okay and you can find full episodes of the podcast at www.bookshelf.com or on Instagram and Twitter at bookshelf t-bill and Facebook at bookshelf Thomasville. Thanks, Christine. Thank you so much. This was great. This was great. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. (laughs)